speaking of hopeless franchises and where the Raptors number one ranked it, uh, were they where were they when you did the the hopeless franchise rankings? Were were the Sabers in there? They must have been at the time, right? Because it was no, they weren't because they that's an oversight. When well, no, I I don't think it was. Do you know why the Sabers weren't on the hopeless franchise rankings? Because they had because Jack they Eichel had Jack Eichel. Sam Reinhardt. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I, this is. I'm I'm really fascinated by this. Like, you don't see this in hockey. This is not really a hockey thing. This is something where, like, what what do we compare this to? Lindros, where a guy that was so young was saying, I'm not going to play somewhere. And Eichel hasn't said that outright. But uh, in case you didn't hear some of the quotes, let me read you a couple. Quote, listen, my number one interest is Jack Eichel. You know what I mean? You got to look after yourself. You got to look after what's best for you. The organization has a similar job to do, which is to look out for what's best for the Buffalo Sabres. It's tough. Things haven't been, I guess, really black and white. We're all trying to educate ourselves in this situation and what would be best moving forward. There have been some tough conversations, but I have to do what's best for me. End quote. Um, that's not what I would want to hear from my 24-year-old superstar who is genuinely one of the best players in the NHL and probably gets a little overlooked because his team sucks so badly. I don't think that Eichel is a Hall situation. I think that this is someone who, if he gets traded, and I know Hall has been great lately, if he gets traded, he's immediately going to go to a franchise that will win-win-win, and it's going to look horrific on the Sabres immediately. Yep. It's terrifying. Like I just, you don't really see this in hockey. It's it's really incredible that this guy has come out and been this public with how upset he is about the handling of an injury, how upset he is about all the losing, how upset he is just frankly to be in Buffalo. Yeah, and you you know what else you don't see all that often in pro sports, and I know we kind of do the thing where we push back a little bit against the player empowerment movement, right? Like that sometimes mm-hmm. it goes too far, but what you rarely see is the player come out and not, again, publicly say I want to be traded, but talking about next season, wherever that may be. There's a guy that has five more years on his contract. Hard to be more direct than that. That I haven't seen one dissenting voice who's like, you signed a contract in good faith. That might have been a slight overpay at the time, and it looks like good value now, but you have $50 million coming your way, Jack Eichel. You just suck it up. And you go back to Buffalo and be part of the solution. It is a, such a nightmare. And I, I can't wait to talk to Jeremy White of WGR 550 later on mm-hmm. in the 10 o'clock hour about exactly the temperature taking of the fan base there. It is a, such a nightmare. And the players have been treated so poorly. And when we're talking about Eichel, there's a liter- literal discussion about his post-playing life and how it could be impacted by having this neck surgery that he, he wants. And his employer says, yeah, I know you want it. And I suppose there's a track record of Chris Letang having that same surgery in 2016 and recovering fine and, and resuming his career. And yes, you plan on having a six-week recovery period, but being back for the start of the season next year. But we don't want you to have it. We think you should do some rest and recovery because we control what happens to you medically because you are getting the $50 million over the next five years. It's so ludicrous what's gone on there from all aspects that there's not one person who says suck it up jack just just you know, that's what the money's for you have to have a hurting neck for the next 3 years of your life i'm not going to weigh in on the neck stuff because i have no idea and it's not as though players are always right with the way to handle an injury 
I would think that the organization would want to be more collaborative and feel as though they've supported the player in a way that he does not have animosity towards them to the point where he has to spill it out into the media at the end of a season. But I will speak to the competitiveness of that team and remind everyone, and Sabres fans don't need this reminder, that when the Leafs got Austin Matthews a year after the Sabres got Eichel, we spent a calendar year discussing the potential for a rivalry between these two franchises mm-hmm. and what it was going to be like to have the Leafs and Sabres both with young star centers battling constantly and who was better positioned and who had the better pieces and whether or not like some of these things were so ridiculous in hindsight whether or not the Sabres blue line was just so good that the Leafs couldn't really stack up because they just didn't have enough guys where you could... It, Sabres are relevant. They haven't been relevant at all since then. They had a winning streak once. That was cool. Yes. That the, they raised the They started the season they? hot. Yeah, they got hot for a couple of weeks, and that's what they've done since they've gotten Jack Eichel. Every year has been disaster after disaster. It's been bad contracts, bad decisions... And despite having a couple of like really young, promising pieces, they don't look anywhere close to competing. Even if like they found a way, and this is what I would be thinking if I'm Jack Eichel in terms of wanting to get out so desperately as well. What's the move the Sabres make to all of a sudden make you believe that they're going to be a contender next year? They have Jack Eichel. Yeah. And I don't see a, a path. All you ever hear about the Sabres is that there's disconnect between ownership and that ownership has too many fingers in the in the stew or whatever, that no, they're constantly no, trying to stew. meddle. That's yeah, you know what they're putting it in the stew. They've put uh, it in the stew many times. Gross. That there's been turnover. Like I it's the Sabres coach is like who's the Sabres coach? It's like every week you're like, who's a different yeah. guy? Oh, it's a, this guy? Oh, okay, that's cool. Oh, it, it's Housley? Oh, okay. Like who's here? Yeah. Who's who's in charge? The turnover rate with that franchise has got to be just as high as any in the NHL over the last six, seven years, right? Mm-hmm. Like, who's had more coaches than them? I think he's been through five, Jack Eichel himself. Right. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> Fuck him, I just want out. I want to move on. He's 24 years old, but everybody looks at it. It's like when you combine the non-competitive situation and now add an injury to the mix and look forward at, I'm sorry, living in Buffalo – and thinking I'm going to live here in a place that is not a premier market, it's fine. Buffalo's fine. It's a cool place. Like I'm, The Bills like it because you know why? Because they're winning and they're good. Josh Allen's going to love Buffalo because they, he's got all this fan support and they're winning and they got Bills Mafia. That's not what it's like for the Sabres right now. Uh, here's what I'm going to guess. They allow fans back into the building. Don't need to worry about maximum capacity crowds in right. Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like the injury thing takes it to another level because if they just sucked, sucked, sucked the way they did and they've sucked, sucked, sucked the way they have throughout his tenure, you're still making yeah. like the passive-aggressive comments about like, hey, this is really like I'm winning's not that fun. You're not saying things like wherever that may be next year. Like that's taken yeah, the, the, the way that the, the next situation has been handled now directly addressed by Jack Eichel. It feels like But I also think that's the easiest level. thing to point to. Like, that's why I'm not trying to take too much stock in it. I want to take a break and do Text Line Tuesday because we're, we're kind of starting to run late in this block. But I, I also think that that provides... Not, I'm not saying that it's not legitimate that Eichel was hurt. He's upset with the way the injury was handled. Obviously, obviously, obviously. But if you do play that card in the media, 
and say this is about health and they didn't take my health seriously and they could have it's just that that really does build a very sympathetic narrative around you that's it's easy to sell to other people what it's work it's working on me like it I, is. i've been sold I, I know it is, but that's what I'm saying. It's a lot easier to say I'm upset with the way they've handled my injury. I want to be somewhere else so that I can stay healthy for my career than it is to say this place stinks. These guys around me stink, and we've stunk the whole time, and I'm sick of it. And then, and they go, then all of a sudden people say, you're 24 years old, and that's what the right. money's for, and blah, blah, blah. Yes. So once you bring the injury into the equation, it completely shifts the conversation. So that's why I'm not looking at it that way. I'm kind of removing it because that is a, that's a thing where two sides, right? You just said it. Next surgery? Yeah, I can see why an organization would say, let's just wait and see and not get overly reactionary with this. But I don't know. Like, I'm not even going to wade into that with my fake doctor's license that's just so far a leap for me that i just i'm not touching it i'm just looking at the situation outside of it and then saying you also have a disagreement about how you're handling your health and that leads to bad things that's what happened with josh donaldson (laughs) like that's (laughs) and how did josh donaldson end bad really bad even if you're right that's the thing like the player is not making this decision by himself he's obviously consulting with medical professionals has a doctor that's yeah. going to tell him that this is the correct sure. thing also it's his body like <laughs> if it's not mm. percentage wise the move you would prefer how can you possibly do this to your franchise player either way uh we'll we'll get our fingers on the pulse of buffalo when we you're not going to win a trade right? where you trade away the a uh, 24 year old superstar center i'm sorry you're just not oh. you got to prepare yourself for that there's no amount of oh, yeah. picks Hopefully our... they do better than the taylor hall deal but yeah yeah, because uh, he doesn't control the process. His no-move uh, clause doesn't kick in until the end of next season. I guess we're going to hear from Kevin Adams today. Um, we're going to hear from the organization about how they're going to handle Jack Eichel, and they're going to... Re- I thought it was on. supposed to be tomorrow. They moved or, up the date? Well, no, There's. I, I saw there was more conversations from Sabres players today. I don't know. Okay, maybe tomorrow. Some, sometime in the future, okay? How about that? In the future, we'll hear from the Buffalo Sabres about their number one center and uh, his comments yesterday about playing wherever that is next year and how the, the neck injury has been handled. Uh, not a great time to be a fan of the Sabres, uh, but maybe they get some sort of return that helps the re- the rebuild. I don't know. They've been rebuilding for a while, though, as well. Um, is Jeremy you know there? probably helps rebuilds? 24-year-old centers who are lights out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good to be able to hold on to him. Uh, Jeremy White is there, uh, host of Howard and Jeremy on WGR 550. Jeremy, thanks for doing this. Uh, yeah, it sucks for the Sabres, and I feel for their fans, but I almost feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong, give, a, give me a temperature of the fan base that nobody blames Jack Eichel for his comments yesterday. I wouldn't say nobody, but a large majority blames the Sabres for what has happened. I mean, the Sabres have earned what has transpired here. They have been inept around Jack Eichel for the most part. You know, coaches, GMs, just um, generally as a franchise, it's gone terribly. They've made a lot of terrible decisions. And in this latest case, what you have is a player that was already playing hurt, who suffered another injury, and now you have a, you know, I guess a rift that's created because of that injury. And I guess the question we'd ask ourselves is, why don't, why doesn't this happen more often in the NHL? And the answer would be because uh, you figure it out, right? So, um, 
Yeah, I don't think very many people are blaming Jack outside of, you know, the, the usual. You'll always get people to blame the best players when the team isn't good enough. Yeah, it's not a great situation. Um, the medical aspect of it takes it to another level, and I can just go on what I've read, what I'm led to believe, and I guess I'll have maybe a different interpretation when I hear from the organization, but if I'm just going on the information I have right now and going by recent history and looking at Chris Letang having the same surgery that Jack Eichel wants to have, had it in 2016, resumed his career perfectly fine, I... Try and put your mind into a place as to what we're going to hear from this organization about why they're denying this man the medical attention that he so desires. It, it is tough to figure out why they would do that. Unless, you know, some have suggested that they're picking a fight so they can make this happen. So um, he will ultimately move. He, I wonder about financials of it. It's a $10 million player. Um, was Maybe there any element to their doctors say he can play then they say to him, hey, you make $10 million a year. You should be playing. Our doctors say you can play through this. You can rehab. You can keep going. Um, I, I don't know. That, that's the stickiest part of this is the medical. But if we're being honest, I mean, if, if, if Jack had had the surgery and we had gotten to today and he's ready to go for next year, the conversation could still very well be that the Sabres were, um, would trade him just because he would ask for it. He'd ask to get out of here. He has seen former teammates leave Buffalo and succeed. Ryan O'Reilly went off, won the Stanley Cup. Zach Bogosian went off and won the Stanley Cup. He and Bogosian were tight. And you know, Anytime I, I think of a player leaving and, and having success or just having fun somewhere else, I think they'd probably call him and say, buddy, you got to get out, man. Like, there's more to life than trying to you know, prop up that organization that's just doing so many things wrong. So this, uh, this injury thing is, is maybe a catalyst that gets us across the finish line. But there's plenty of reason to think that this might have happened anyway. Yeah, no, that's where you really don't want to be as a sports fan is when your team is the, hey, you got to get out of their team. Like, hey, life is so much better outside of the organization, and I didn't know how bad I had it outside of the organization, and we actually have a winning culture here. You wouldn't believe how different it is when you get to this place. Like, that's the stuff that terrifies me. Like, we do this thing on the show which is most hopeless franchise rankings and the Sabres weren't there to start the season not for us when we put <laughs> compiled this list because they had Jack Eichel like that's the whole thing is you yep. can't be the most hopeless when you have a stud 24 year old centerman who impacts every area of the game and like if you just look through historically it's really like this is what's crazy is that historically it's so hard to just lose the way the Sabres have lost when you have a player of that caliber like that's the hardest thing to acquire and once you get it it's not easy to build a winner but it's at least kind of becomes a little simple to start to build something that's competitive and Buffalo just hasn't been able to do that the entire time that he's been there so I, I don't know man I just I feel like this plays out extremely poorly and it's hard not to to think that way but when you project it forward like what what has to change? Because there's always rumors about ownership. There's always rumors about the, the meddling that goes on with that Sabres organization. Like, I, I just don't know where you begin with that franchise, especially after you trade Eichel and say, like, we're resetting the timeline. It's like, you don't reset timelines on 24-year-olds. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, we, we had talked about the idea of the Sabres in a rebuild. And, you know, as you guys brought me on. You say a great thing for a rebuild, the 24-year-old stud center. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And... 
I, I had heard someone suggest uh, nationally say, like, oh, well, the Sabres are probably going to try and rebuild and get younger. They're already one of the youngest teams in the NHL. They don't need to get younger. They, what they need to do is get a healthy Jack Eichel and a good coach, and they would have been competitive this year. All the pieces that they'd kind of been waiting for to, to come along kind of did that this year. Casey Middlestat went from an AHL guy that a lot of people here had written off to, oh, look at that, Casey Middlestat can play. Dylan Cousins in his first season here showed up and looked like he certainly belonged. Once they made the coaching change, Rasmus Dahlin and Henry Okiharu, some young defensemen, all of a sudden they went from looking completely lost to, oh, that's right, there are good players on this team. So, you know, it, it, it all looked to me like, okay, if, if you can keep him happy for one more offseason and you get the right coach and get some consistency in net, you can compete. It really is amazing. Not that they haven't, like, won the division. It's amazing they haven't even been competitive when March rolls around in any season when Eichel's here. And that includes this season, which started in, what, February? Couldn't make it to March. So it's just it, – it is it is remarkable. People supported the tank here in 2013, 14, and 14, 15 for Reinhardt and Eichel because we thought, well, building the rest of it, that's easy. Anybody can do that. But getting the top guys – how is Buffalo ever going to do that? We've got to pick at the top. We're not signing these free agents. They don't want to come here. So let's go get a couple and then build it up from there. And every step of the way, when they had something good, they let it go. I mean, they traded Ryan O'Reilly for scrap. O'Reilly and Eichel is a one-two. Give it a minute. Give it a coach. Maybe not Phil Howard. Like They just made so many mistakes, and they made every wrong decision along the way that it's gotten them to this point. And, yeah, it's difficult to be this bad this long especially with a player that's that good. But here we are. Yeah, and O'Reilly was awful because the guy was talking, like I remember his post me- or his media conference. He was like, going like, to retire. He said he <laughs> so lost like, his love for yeah. hockey. Like it was, I've lost yeah. my love for the game being here. It's like that's how beaten down a guy is. And then you watched him with St. Louis, and it's just, you know, winning a Stanley Cup. And you go, oh, that's the most important player on the ice. And he's dominant. That sure looks like a guy who loves hockey. And this is kind of... Yeah, it sounds pretty similar what you have here. Is a guy who has just completely fallen out of love with the market. Do you, the question is though, with O'Reilly was completely unsalvageable. When a guy like Ben mentioned is like, it sounds like he's teetering closer to retirement than playing another game for the Sabers. You know, it's done. With Eichel, do you believe that there is any chance at reconciliation? Well, first off, in the case of O'Reilly, I think that it could have been reconciled. You know, that's like the end of the season. He's beaten down. He played some of the toughest minutes. He was a guy that after every game said, I got to be better. I got to be better. I mean, some guys take losing really personally and get him away for a couple of months, bring him back, new coach, new this, new that. I didn't think O'Reilly was unsalvageable. Well, I think it's farther from salvageable. I would be blown away if they find a way to, to keep him happy. I don't know if that's a coaching hire. I mean, Don Granado's done a nice job uh, in the interim. Boudreaux's out there. I, I, they brought in Taylor Hall this year. Things went well. Michael likes Ralph Kruger, who got fired, said it is uh, end of season presser that he'd like to maintain a relationship with Ralph going forward. So this isn't even a coach killer scenario. He likes the coach that got fired. So I think it's organizational. And I think he has seen and realized, you know, I'm 24, got my best hockey ahead of me as long as I can get healthy and get back on the ice. And I don't need to bang my head against the wall for a franchise that can't get out of its own way. I can go somewhere where I'm, not that he's not appreciated here. Fans appreciate him here. But he can be appreciated. He can be a part of a winner. And he can, you know, he only get one of these careers. 
if he wants to make the Hall of Fame or win a Stanley Cup or all this, he is a world-class player that I think is still underrated because he's been here with low-event teams, with bad coaches, bad supporting cast, and I fully expect him to go somewhere and completely dominate, and we'll have to watch and say, like, yeah, 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 it's, uh, and we saw that coming. You know, we see it coming. Yeah, and you'll get the poo-poo platter uh, in return. But uh, what are you going to do at this point? <laughs> uh, talking to Jeremy White, host of uh, Howard and Jeremy on WGR 550. And at the top of that organization, we are talking about the organizational problem, are the Pagulas, who I imagine are still revered in the city. I mean, they, they, they did buy that franchise when its financial viability was uncertain. And what they've done with the Bills is remarkable, obviously. And we're talking about market size and how many fans or how many uh, citizens of Western New York are fans of the Bills as opposed to the Sabres is obviously non Comparable, but it, it seems like if you're going to point a finger, it's at them for this organization's failures. How, how, how is that reconciled amongst the fans? It is complicated. I mean, you've got Bills fans that don't care about the Sabres that just don't care. And then anyone that does care about the Sabres, you know, it, it's more than just being mad at a hockey team. It's been so bad here for so long. You know, the two, the two years they were at the bottom by design, Plenty of us enjoyed that because, you know, you've got a plan. You're following a plan, and it looks like it's going to play out with great players and lots of picks, lots of prospects. The last couple of years, you know, not even to have a single playoff race. What, is, what has died here is the Sabres brand to a degree, love of the game for people. I mean, this is a hockey market. Hockey matters a lot here. <laughs> we play the Canadian anthem before every game. You know, it's like it, it, when, you, when you go to a game and you don't hear it, it's weird. So it's so big here it's so important the stanley cup ratings you know it's pittsburgh nashville in the cup buffalo outranks nashville in the ratings or sometimes pittsburgh in the ratings just because we don't even have to have our team in it we're going to watch the games so what's what's happened has been i mean real damage real damage to the the hockey community and hockey interest and you know this year not really any fans because of the pandemic the end of last year fans couldn't go I, i don't know what their season ticket numbers will be when fans can come back and throughout this pandemic they very they really showed very little interest in bringing fans in, and plenty thought that might have been to avoid embarrassment because it's just it's gotten so bad. So, no, did we lose Jeremy? They went for the Reinhardt and Eichel two years, but you know what happens and how do you square it with the Pagulas? I mean, everybody I guess just looks to Bill season because yeah. they got the Bills right. They they hired somebody. Uh, a couple of somebody, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, that put that organization on the right track. And at least we've got the Bills. So, you know, it's something. Yep. Uh, and, yes, things still looking out for the Bills. All right, uh, Jeremy, really appreciate the time. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, guys. This is Jeremy White, host of uh, Howard and Jeremy on WGR 550. Yeah, yeah. you're an owner. Uh, you step out of the way, and usually that's the – the best way to have success in pro sports seen it time and time again and for some reason they've done that with the bills but not with the sabers apparently i can't hear you are you muted for some reason is that he apparently cares more about hockey it's just it's a more personal product for him and so he's more invested in being a part of the day-to-day and some of those owners like that's just what it is they feel like they own the team and they have input they're successful in business and they think that they can be successful there. I I think that's just an organization where you as a fan feel so unbelievably down that 
These are the ones that break you. These are the ones where you just like you need a breakup. Not necessarily like you quit your team or you stop being a fan or but it's one of those things where I don't really blame fans who step away for a little while and wait for more positive like more positivity around the fan base. Like what what excites you about being a Sabres fan right now? What what Nothing. is going to excite you? And this is the thing too is that now you're in the worst spot, right? Where you feel like you're trapped by an ownership group. The entire league is dunking on you, right? Like everybody. And, and people will make this so much about Buffalo. And, and Raptors and, and Toronto fans should be able to relate to this because this is what happened with the Raptors. Like whenever Chris Bosh left, there was no yep. sympathy. There was no sympathy when Vince Carter left. It was just like, oh, why would anyone want to be up in Toronto? It sucks there. It sucks so bad for them. Good. Good that he gets out of there. Good that we get to go see Vince Carter or Chris Bosh playing with fun players in a good place. And you just get dunked on, dunked on, dunked on, nonstop, nonstop. Nonstop, nonstop. You feel powerless because there's definitely an ownership component here that is not a positive one. And so you don't know where like the end of that is gonna come. You don't know how that's gonna change anytime soon. It doesn't it's not like this is someone who isn't interested whatsoever in selling the franchise. You're not a marquee free agent place, so even if you open up cap space or whatever, it also sends a signal to the other players in the league, like this is yet another example of a guy who has been here, hated it, left. You don't think Jack Eichel's going to go have success? That part of it is, is there too, is that you're not even just having to live this now. You know, because of the Ryan O'Reilly experience, exactly what is going to happen to you over the next couple of seasons, where every time Jack Eichel has a big moment, let's say for Las Vegas, right? They're going to go, can you believe the Sabres traded this guy and dunk all over you again and have to bring that up over and over and over? So I just, I really do feel for Sabres fans, man. Like, I hate the Sabres. Like, Ryan Miller retired the other day, and I was just like, this is how I felt. I was like, good. Glad it's Not when you saw him hug his parents, though. Didn't you see that? That was, oh, gut-wrenching. Yeah, it was gut-wrenching, but I also just thought, good, because I hated those Sabres teams, (laughs) and I hated Ryan Miller because he hated me back. And that was a good way. He said it. He said he hated the Leafs. He loved playing them. He was a Leaf Mm -hmm. killer. I'm not going to miss Ryan Miller. I'm glad he's gone. You know, like, I'm glad his career's over. I'm glad it finished in Anaheim. All those different things. Fine. Nothing personal, Ryan Miller, but kind of (laughs) personal. The Sabres are so dysfunctional that rival fan bases are quote-unquote rivals. I know we parse with that. But the team down the street, the guy who hated you, feels bad for you. And that's just about as bottom of the barrel as it gets when you have to look at a fan and go, hey, it'll get better. Maybe. Probably not, though. If you just uh, fix the goal, Tate Thompson, like what? No. no, just no. That's bad. When you get fan sympathy, that's the worst. I will say right now, being a Leafs fan, the best is that people hate them again. That it's back to being like true hate towards Toronto. When they're down in the dumps and it's it, you get that, that platitude from other fans when you get the, oh, you guys got a lot of like young, good players. You guys got, got a lot of guys with potential. That's bad. That's really bad. Sabres, I can speak. I, I can speak to experience in this as I play when I play golf with my dad we play match play and we get on each mm-hmm. other and make fun of each other's shots and talk about uh, yeah how mm-hmm. bad they're playing exactly badly but when it's going so poorly that he's trying to lift my spirits there's nothing worse and I get like a thousand times more angry no keep piling on me like then I know it's really bad when you can't even do that so yes I think that's exactly what's happening to the Buffalo Sabres and I like those jerseys 
I like the blue, I like the yellow, I want them to be relevant again. I don't want to be the envy of my neighborhood, but you can be the envy of yours. Craftsman and Sportsnet teaming up to give one lucky winner the chance to win $20,000 in cash and Craftsman tools and storage to create their own dream garage. To enter for your chance to win the Craftsman Dream Garage contest, visit sportsnet.ca slash craftsman. Enter weekly to increase your chances of winning. No purchase necessary. Contest ends June 20th, 2021. Full rules for details. Craftsman tools available at Lowe's and Rona stores across Canada and on Amazon.ca.